Welcome to the Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's the Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces to us to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. Matthew 6, verse 16. This was part of the Gospel on Ash Wednesday. And what do we do during the service? We go forward to receive ashes on our foreheads, a sobering symbol that tells the world, world, Look at me, I've been to Mass, it's the start of Lent and I'm about to give up something for six weeks. One of our priests was very aware of this and told us to wipe the ashes off as soon as possible so as not to be like the hypocrites Jesus was talking about. When we do things in secret, our Father in Heaven will see them and reward us. When we show off our good deeds, we get our reward on earth. And back to Ash. A sobering symbol, as I said, the remains of something that once was, in this case, the palms given out on the previous year's Palm Sunday. Ash is a symbol of death. On our foreheads, it is a solemn reminder of the great reality of human life. From dust we were formed, and to dust we shall return. We're reminded that we will die. And where did death come from? Well, we're the ones who invited death into life. St. Paul says quite plainly, the wages of sin is death. Through sin, death entered the world. Death is the reality of our situation. And the cross is the reality of the solution. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent, which leads us to the Passion of Holy Week and the resurrection of Easter Sunday. Will, will I let everyone know that I'm fasting or giving or praying more? Not if I want my reward in heaven. I'd far sooner be storing up treasure in heaven where it cannot be consumed by rust or eaten by moth or stolen by thieves. What about you? Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel the preconceived ideas many have about what educating our children at home looks like. For many, it's school. For me, it's my fulfillment as a wife and mother. I created a lifestyle that satisfied our whole family, and looking back on it, I believe I will have no regrets. Over the years, I've spoken to a wide range of mothers and fathers who not only place the responsibility of child-rearing above their highest joy, but have also found they don't have to venture far from the kitchen table in order to find wholeness within themselves. Going against what everyone expects us to do in order to unleash the fount of happiness takes courage. You have to work at your own heart issues and find out how you can pursue your passions passions, and how you can live your dreams. God's equipped you with everything you need for your time here on earth. It's all within. So listen up while I spout on about how I've jumped in and out of my box, gaining insights and delights along the way that I'm more than happy to share with you. I enjoy the diversity of the culture we call homeschooling, an umbrella term that expresses the learning process taking place outside the traditional education arena and inside 
for all of those who are involved in homeschooling. With or without my children underfoot, my life is often ordinary, always busy and sometimes frustrating. But for me, it starts and ends with God. The beauty of his creation, a smiling face, the rising moon, a rousing piece of music or a simple hug. If you pop in, I'll offer you a cup of PG tips to fortify this time together and a chocolate biscuit to tickle your taste buds. And thank you for staying. But I understand you're on that side and I'm over here broadcasting live from Hideaway Lake, Texas. After the first break, I will be talking to Lee and Tom Meekins, friends of mine who have made a commitment to dedicate the rest of their professional lives to helping families navigate the scary world of raising a child who is challenging I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNennies, where we enjoy a unique lifestyle. I'll be touching on multi-generational living, an ice storm I was skeptical about, yoga and upheavals again as we prepare for yet another move. Are you ready? The Texans and the British all have something in common. They're obsessed with the weather. The latter, though, don't believe the weatherman for a minute. But we do love to talk about temperatures and precipitation that has been and that which is happening right then and there. No forecasting for us, like washing your car. It's an open invitation for nasty stuff to fall out of the sky or ghastly weeks of interminable hot weather. That said, Texans, at least the other one, whose house we're living in at the moment, boy watching the Weather Channel and talking about what's in store for us the next morning. I'm very much more like my friend's parents who live on Long Island, who on one of her visits this winter said, have you looked out of the window this morning? 13 inches of snow had fallen on top of the already 8 inches on the ground. That's my type of weather tracking. Pop outside, feel it, then decide what to wear. And in England, always take an umbrella. Covered with warnings about bad weather and temperatures dropping by 70 degrees overnight, my southern gentleman and I set off in warm and clement weather for Dallas early this week. Going on a Sunday really threw us off the rest of the week. On our return on Tuesday, Wednesday became Monday and so on. Luckily, my producer is in charge of calling me for my show. Otherwise, I would have continued in my Wednesday frame of mind today. So anyway... There were 30, we were 30 minutes into our journey and freezing rain hit. The roads were covered with ice. The traffic had slowed to a crawl, thank goodness, because visibility was zero to none. And for 50 of the 80 miles, we crawled at 15 to 20 miles an hour and encountered sleet, slippery patches, wrecks, frozen windscreen wipers. It was miserable. And my Texan hates icy conditions. Dort said it was clear where she was as I texted her scenes from my vantage point in the passenger seat. We hit Dallas and clear roads, but as we went north, they froze up again. Schools were closed the following day and the roads were patchy, and my children luckily got none of the bad parts where they were, where they were a mere 10 miles east of us. It was so funny. It was just really patchy. My mother-in-law had her turn the next day and couldn't make it into work. This weather is crazy, but it is getting back to normal. I know it's winter, but black ice and sleet, usually not in this part of Texas. Well, while we were in Dallas, Dallas blah, 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 we had dinner with some friends and the subject of assisted living homes, what to do with mum and dad, and where we'd eventually like to retire came up and got me thinking. Of course, we're baby boomers and there are a lot of us around. 
I'm at the younger end of the spectrum. Hey, if I'm going to accept the label, what's a year or two between diapers? Some of my fellow boomers are taking advantage of retirement communities as early as 55. Way too soon for me. I'm just getting my second wind. 55, though, is the lower age limit imposed on prospective investors in these sprawling country club-like facilities. It gets folk in early so that they can take advantage of all the amenities on offer while youth is on their side. Who at 85 gives a hoot about diving boards, golf courses, tennis courts, water sports on the lakes, fancy restaurants, parties, bars and karaoke? Market the younger end of the spectrum and get them in early and cross the ageing community bridge when they get to it. Hideaway Lake, where I'm staying with Hubs, has environmental similarities to these retirement places. My mother-in-law moved here when she was 55, and it wasn't called a retirement community back then, more of a golf course on a couple of lakes where walking, boating, socialising and karaoke were the order of the day. For years, we diligently drove the 160 miles round trip regularly as a family and at holidays and at other special occasions to keep us in the loop of her life as it swung from par to bar. Then the inevitable happened. The young golfers, walkers and boaters aged. Their active participation dwindled. They started dying. Having a community of same age people is not very stimulating when the canes, golf carts and hospice start to show up. As homeschoolers, we're already very much in tune with multi-generational living, although we are questioned often about socialization. I think the difference in ages in a family helps keep things balanced. Wisdom and rambunctious fun rub shoulders without clashing. Older people feel younger. How many of you with grown children have said, Christmas just isn't the same without youngsters around? How many of you empty nesters bother pulling out all the stops anymore for any holiday? I tell you, communal living keeps the spark alive, the wonder in simple pleasures. It triggers remembrances of forgotten childhoods and provides cultural comparisons. For the retired in England, living in a neighbourhood with young families, older pensioners and students is something the British social services endorse. My parents were helped to stay in their home as long as they had support provided by family, neighbours or the local welfare in the form of caregivers, meals on wheels, social workers, home doctors visits and district nurses. Their surrounding seaside community was provided with an opportunity to do their bit and we found several people who were willing to bring communion to my parents on a Sunday, walk their dog or do a little shopping for them. When they got out, my parents were thrilled by the lights of Christmas in the local shops and delighted by the mix of clientele at the local grocery store, tattoos, piercings and screaming children notwithstanding. The elderly who live in growing family neighbourhoods are thought to be healthier than those in retirement and assisted living communities where are creaking their way to the grave, cared for by competent strangers. As a forever homeschooler, I picked up on a stunning societal contradiction. Today, many of us, including boomers, deem same-age segregation in schools to be an okay environment for children. It's what we grew up with. Take a five-year-old, put him together with a mass of other five-year-olds, and all's right with the world. 
But my friends and I are questioning same-age segregation when it comes to homes for our parents and ourselves in the future. Somehow we sense that lumping all the oldies under one roof isn't the best thing. Take an 85-year-old and put her in with a mass of other 85-year-olds and older, and the world becomes a depressing place. My 85-year-old mother-in-law, although she works four days a week and greets lots of people, wonders why God hasn't called her name yet. She's surrounded by empty houses and elderly people. Physically, she's full of energy and independent, but her spirit is flagging. That is, until she decided to take her younger son and his wife up on their offer of moving in with them. Well, her attitude has changed. She's excited, chomping at the bit, ready to go now and join a family where two generations are already living side by side and where there's an elementary school a few blocks away and young families growing up all around. What a fresh of breath air after hideaway. And don't get me wrong, there's lots of fresh air here just no children. And with that, it's time for me to go on a break and I will be back with my guests in just a moment. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka. And frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time 
only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, joining me today are Tom and Julie Meekins, who have a heart for parents, especially those who are raising children with challenges. In Walking the Talk, they decided to dedicate their professional lives to helping families navigate the scary world of parenting. Tom and Julie became certified in child development and health coaching, and in March 2011, started a company called March 4th Family to help other families needing someone who totally understood the struggles they were having. Tom and Julie have been married for 34 years. They have four children and, in a moment of certifiable insanity, chose the homeschooling path and now have four young adults who are doing fabulously. Julie has been a guest on my show a couple of times, and you can go back and hear her story about her youngest daughter diagnosed with CHARGE syndrome as an infant on show six, March the 5th, 2010. Yes, we go back that far. They were told Amy would never function as a normal child. Julie and Tom knew that with God, all things are possible. It is never too late, and there is always hope. Their many blessings and powerful witness allows them to be able to educate, equip, and empower parents to reach for the best for their children and in their children while being supported in the process. Julie and Tom, welcome back to my show. Thank you so much for having us. Hi, Vivian. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, you're welcome. You're very welcome. And I'm glad that both of you are able to be on and um, you're sounding great. So we'll get started because I know you have lots of things and some subtle changes that you've made to your company. But first, Tom, why don't you give us a little overview of your company? Because I understand that you celebrated your third birthday this week. So just yes. tell us a little bit about it. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for mentioning that. Yes, three years ago, uh, we started March 4th Family. And uh, we uh, are reaching out to families who are raising challenging children. We call them children with challenges, um, special needs, um, everything from, um, from syndromes to, to behavior problems. Um, we'll reach out and give hope and education and encouragement and empowerment to the parents uh, who, are, who are dealing with the, the, the children who, who have challenges. And so that's that's our hope. That's our uh, our passion. Uh, that's what we do. And we 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 love we love to talk to groups. We love to talk to you. We love uh, to talk to other parents uh, who are going through the similar situations that, that we've gone through um, in raising our children. Okay. So you said you said you're you're working with um, parents of children with challenges, and these children with challenges can be any child, right? You mentioned that they're not just the children that have got the syndromes. They're also children that have got behavioral, um, let's say, differences. They react to the world in a different way, to the way maybe we would, um, and we might dismiss them just as naughty or um, disobedient. So you're, you're reaching out to um, a broad spectrum of children, right. probably just about most children. Right. Exactly. <laughs> At one our, time or another. <laughs> our, our, um, our Amy, our youngest one, was born with a syndrome, charge syndrome, and so she looks like she has special needs. Mm-hmm. Our son, um, with the ADHD symptoms, 
uh, looked normal. The expectations on him were very high, but his behavior was very low. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, created a lot of challenges and a lot of problems uh, in parenting. We, we got um, advice, you know, the, the parents always get the advice of what to do better. Uh, you got to discipline them more. But we found uh, with some of his struggles, um, it, it, uh, he, he was struggling. He was having a hard time um, understanding, behaving, and reacting to his environment. And so we had to learn a lot of things in order to get him um, to his next level of development, and uh, he's, he's doing well today. And you don't use drug intervention, do you? You don't, you know, sort of give them Ritalin if they're bouncing off the walls? Well, we haven't. Um, we, we like to, to work with, uh, uh, with, with the child, give them exercises, uh, clean up their gut. Uh, if there's a problem with the food that we're eating, we, we want to correct that first. Mm-hmm. Um, brain, uh, the brain is, uh, is an amazing thing. There's exercises we can do to get children to the next development. We want to concentrate on that first. Um, if, if, um, a medication is needed, you know, we're not going to say no, definitely not, but, uh, we, we want to exhaust all possibilities in giving our children the best possible, um, opportunities, um, in, in this life with the resources that we have, uh, that God has created. Now, you mentioned Amy. Um, she was born with CHARGE syndrome, and I've also directed um, the listeners back to that story so that um, they can go back there where, um, Julie, you told the story um, beautifully. One of the questions I have today, though, is why, what, what happened inside both of you, and I'm sure it happens inside most parents, but we listen to doctors, we listen to the prognosis. These are the experts. You know, they, they sort of most of the time know what they're doing so what made you say no this is this is not right this is not going to happen we're going to do something and you know help our child which at 18 I mean she's absolutely amazing so I'm so glad you didn't listen to your doctors but what happened did something happen inside you well well, we listened to our doctors and I'm, I'm going to turn it over to Julie now because uh, the mom has an intuition, mm-hmm. um, has a feeling, has a gut that I'm just starting to learn that I need to trust mm-hmm. and I need to uh, let her. Um, sometimes it's illogical, <laughs> but there's some things according to, to my logical thinking, <laughs> but there mm-hmm. are some uh, intuitions that we need to uh, that, that as a dad, I need to listen to my wife. So I'm going to turn it over to her and. And, and let her explain some of the things that, that we were going through at the time. All right. I would say that the thing that did it for me the most was when you looked in Amy's eyes, and mm. they say that, I always get emotional when I talk about this, but they say that the, the eyes are the windows into the soul. And we mm-hmm. saw in her brightness, in her eagerness for life, that she was bound and determined to to get on with it. You know, she was not going to be somebody that was going to be passive in her development. And I think that, and it was, you know, that was all unspoken, but we just knew it. You know, I think we, Tom and I both just knew there was more to this child. Now, we had three children before her, and they were very young. They were two, four, and six when she was born. But we knew enough about uh, the development of children that things weren't going right, you know, that she wasn't headed in the direction she needed to go in. And we didn't know what to do about that. 
And that's what um, is so exciting about the life that Amy has and, and the information that we have is that um, God saw fit to entrust us with the kind of information to get her development moving. moving. And it was so, uh, it made so much sense to us once we started to unveil that if the development stops somewhere, go back to where it stopped and stimulate the brain, open pathways, make new connections, and you will get new development. And that's really the bottom line foundation of everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And um, Amy, how old is Amy today? She's 18 years old. Uh, next month she turns 19. Right, right, and and uh, if you if you go on her site, well, I don't know if it's on your site, but I know I somehow or other I got a video of her introducing yeah. one of your teleclasses. Yes, she loves to make videos. She <laughs> is work, working on one right now in the next room. Uh, she she puts her ideas together and then she films it and uh-huh. and puts it out on YouTube. She's um, an so, ace yeah. with technology. This child, there's nothing. Uh, excuse me, her prognosis included mentally retarded. There is absolutely nothing mentally retarded about this child. Um, she is, uh, she's, she's going with all the gusto she's got to do what she wants to do in life. And I just, I, she dreams big. She dreams, you know, how you, you might introduce an idea to Amy and then she's gone to the 10th degree, wherever that can go, you know, and it's so awesome to live with somebody like that. And to have had the opportunity to watch her grow these last 19 years. And that's what propels us, I think, her and, and then Josh's development as well, and, and real, as well as our older two and the people that they've become. It just, just gives you such a brightness for life. I loved what you said earlier about um, multi-generational living or, uh-huh. or interaction and how critically important that is. Uh-huh. And I think that's uh-huh. what um, really made a difference for all of our kids. And for uh, our special needs kids, particularly, right? There were uh, two. Our, our two older girls um, were, you, you could say, the mothers, <laughs> the, the, the little mothers. So uh, they mothered uh, Joshua, our our third child, and uh, and Amy, the fourth child. Mm-hmm. So together, uh, they they grew up together, and so so the challenges that we all faced, we all faced together. So had you already planned on homeschooling or was this like a little a push in that direction for you? Now, that's an interesting question. We had already decided to homeschool. In fact, we were into our homeschooling with the first child um, when Amy was born. So she was born in April. So we had already gone through a majority of that first year of homeschooling our oldest, Katie. And it was interesting because after Amy was born, those who don't understand the benefits of homeschooling were all over. Oh, I guess now you'll have to put the kids in school because you have a special needs daughter. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that really um, that special needs daughter in our home and in our homeschooling, it really was a win-win for everybody. What she taught us about living and what we taught her and how she needed to keep up with her siblings. Now, what if she had been put in a classroom of kids just like her? Exactly. 
she would not be who she is today. Mm-hmm. Well, you are very fortunate to um, be able to homeschool. I know that there are a lot of parents out there who probably would love to that don't, that just um, cannot do it. And also the fact that you've had this amazing experience with two of your children and that you have fabulous um, other two children, all of them are fantastic, that you can minister to so many parents and talk to them whether they homeschool or not. So we have to go on a very short break and we'll be back in just a moment. How do you handle toddlers, teens and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. What does reboot mean? Ever wonder why your connection to the world through your computer does not work as flawlessly as most of your ability to breathe? ISP Radio Network explains the why and how the Internet works. Learn the insight and secrets that your Internet provider may not be telling you or even want you to know. Gain the confidence to proclaim that you are no longer technically illiterate. You may call him a techno gearhead or network guru, but Stephen Grabiel, your host, is a person driven by a passion to serve people fast Internet as well as empowering Internet users with simple skills to maintain their fast Internet. This is ISP Radio Network, a place where Internet service providers and the self-proclaimed technically challenged users of the Internet meet weekly to share ideas of what makes the Internet work or how to make the Internet work better. Don't miss ISP Radio with your host, Stephen Grabiel, Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, I'm talking to Julie and Tom Meekins. They have a company called March 4th Family. And uh, we're talking about... We're going to be talking about their ADHD teleclass that's coming up. And I would like, first off, you say that you encourage parents to um, diagnose their own children, to sort of look at them and check for certain things or evaluate, not actually diagnose, that's the wrong word, evaluate their own children. So tell us a little bit about that and how they can find root causes. Well, 
We, in fact, just before uh, coming on to the radio program today, I looked at some of the trending thoughts of what constitutes a person having ADHD. You know, how does somebody get that label? And, you know, some of those things are inattention and hyperactivity and impulsivity. So if those are the things that your children are dealing with, you're dealing with with your children, it, it could be ADHD. It could be, there could be a formal um, serious diagnosis of ADHD, but it also could not be. And so, you know, the message that we want to get out there is let's look at what the symptoms are that you're seeing and let's unravel them and see if there's a possible root cause that you can do something about. And this is what, what we did with our job. He was um, a very uncomfortable child. He had a lot of gut issues, and this is often the case with kids who have the symptoms of ADHD. Um, their systems are off. Their guts are not, um, their, their whole intestinal tract, their, their way that they digest food, the way that they, then the nutrition is assimilated in the body or not assimilated in the body could be a very, very big indicator um, and, and cause for the symptoms of ADHD. So mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we, that we want to talk about in the class. And then there's also the things of, well, could it be that there's immature development here? What if when this child was born, there are certain reflexes, reflexes that are supposed to integrate with higher level learning? What if that didn't happen for that particular child? Can we go back and look at that piece and see if there's some particular little activities that you can do at home. These activities are very doable um, that you can do at home to increase that maturity level, to open the pathways, stimulate the brain so you can open the pathways to make the connections. So let's look at reflexes. Could it be that the gross motor development of this particular child is lacking? And that is the foundation on which the rest of development is laid. So if you have a weak foundation, with gross motor creeping and crawling and marching and skipping in a cross-pattern motion, is it possible that this child missed some piece there? Can we go back and give the brain that activity? Can we open those pathways? And then we can create a different scenario for this child in that gross motor department. And that's, that's the kind of idea that we want to suggest to parents. Let's look. Could it be mindset? Could it be um, something else in the development of the child, the, the way that they're thinking about life? You know, they could have wrong information in their head and they're going on that wrong information. Can we change their minds in a good way? Can we give them truth? You know, and so it's all about let's really observe our children and see what are we really seeing here? You know, is it just that, that they're hyperactive and they're driving me crazy and I need somebody to calm them down? Uh -huh. Or can we unravel? Why are they hyperactive? Why are they making you crazy? You know, is there are there things that you can do about it? And oftentimes there are. Mm. I know I yeah. have a nep I have a young nephew in England, and whenever I see him, he just talks all the time, just never stops talking. Or well, my brother just, you know, sort of says, "Oh, for goodness' sake, won't he ever be quiet?" Well, I discovered that his mum, my brother and his wife, unfortunately, are separated. His mum doesn't ever listen to him, 
So mm. he needs an outlet. He needs somebody to sit there and listen to him. And when I do that, he's fine. You know, I can kind of steer him towards quieter things. We'll go for a walk and it doesn't matter if he talks all the time, if he can, if I've got him running up and down a hill and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just it's, it's kind of like you're saying, look for a deeper reason. Don't just say, oh, that child just it drives me crazy. He won't sit still or he won't stop talking. And in a classroom, a teacher just has to do what a teacher can do. But at home, we can do so much more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, I was looking through your little list of um, things that um, maybe might be symptoms of ADHD. And as you said, you know, uh, is it a symptom? Is, is there something wrong? Or is this child, is this just normal behavior for that child, the six-year-old or the eight-year-old or whatever? And, um, you know, one of these, my son has absolutely no motivation. Well, your child could be bored, but they could also, what? I suppose be bored. For, for ADHD, what, what else, what else could, or they could be hypo in their development. And so therefore there could be the same thing. It's interesting. The same thing that you do for a hyperactive child, maybe an activity that you would also do for what we call a hypo active child. So here you've got one child who is climbing the walls and you've got another child who is very happy to be a couch potato. So what do you do with those two? Well, is it again, immaturity of development is it that we need to look at reflexes is it that we need to look at gross motor skills is it that we need a new mindset maybe this particular child who's a couch potato doesn't have a lot of confidence in themselves and therefore will not put themselves out there or they've been hurt and they won't do that again because they might be hurt again so you know you want to look at what could potentially be going on and there are similar activities on both ends of that pendulum and, you know, if we can just kind of bring the child to the absolute best that they can be by looking at what's underlying here. So what, what if the parent, have you ever met, a, have you ever had a situation where the parents just really have zero tolerance as far as this child that is, that is all right, it's, she's, it's just an enthusiastic child. She just gets very excited about certain things that her parents maybe would be a much more mellow. Different personalities. Do you, do you, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you come across that. What do you do? How do you deal with that? And then the coaching is to the parents, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. so you teach parents how to love the child that they have. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for that child to be different. And you encourage the parents to to encourage the child that it's okay for them to be different. You know, the extrovert and, and introvert situation, you know, and often that happens in family members. You know, I can't tolerate that person because they're an extrovert and always want to be talking and doing all this other stuff. And I just want to be sitting quietly with reading my book and drinking my tea. Leave me alone, you know. <laughs> and how do you teach? You know, it's basic. That's basic parenting, isn't it? How do you teach? Um children to be all who they were meant to be you know do you have something to say about that Tom? no that's good I, it, lots of a mindset we we do talk a lot about mindset um with uh, the adhd the two two words in adhd is uh deficit and disorder and so if somebody says i'm adhd they could have a mindset of i'm a deficit i'm a disorder and so we want to encourage uh, a positive way of, of looking at life. And um, 
the promises, the scriptural promises of who we are before God mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is beautiful. Uh, when, uh, when, when a child is, uh, is dealing with some negative, uh, negative thoughts about himself. Mm. Yes, because labeling, I mean, that that's so, you put a label on a child, you put a label on anybody and they become that label. Mm. So we don't, we don't like labels. However, labels do have an advantage of, of finding out what, what, what is going on or maybe there's services that, that you can get because you have the label. Mm-hmm. But we like to look at the symptoms and go to the root cause of the symptoms and uh, do exercises or change diet or, or, or become, become detectives to find out, well, what's, what's causing these symptoms? What's mm-hmm. causing Here's a key thing that was very helpful to us in raising Josh. Um, Josh had a lot of negative behaviors when he was very young. He's an awesome young man of 21 now, and we just could spend all day with him all the time. He's so awesome. But um, at, when he was struggling, at his peak of struggling, it was rare to see some positives, but the positives that we did see were that he was very funny. He was a very humorous kid. He was a very witty, very fun kid. Um, it, was, it was rare and it was few and far between, but we saw that every now and then. We also saw a thoughtfulness mm-hmm. in him. It was rare and it was few and far between, but we did see it. And someone said to us, um, that is the real child. That is the child you are reaching for. And that made all the difference in the world. And I thought I could work all day long if that's who I'm reaching for. Tell me what to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it sounds as though you, you work with the children. You also work with the parents. The parents' role in, in what you're doing is critical. It absolutely is. As a matter of fact, we, one of those subtle changes that you were talking about is we don't actually see the children anymore. We have become a 100% parent coaching organization. So we coach parents and we teach them. We we encourage them when they come to our six-month private coaching program, we encourage them to get a binder and put all the information as we go through different modules twice a month for those six months, determining exactly what's going on with their particular child, very individualized, but learning so much about the normal stages of development and if something hasn't been, if, if they've potentially missed something, they get all the information they need about, well, let's see what we can do, what activities we can do to give to this particular child so that we can move it along. So, so we, we coach the parents on child development. We coach the parents on teaching how to help your child understand the truth about himself and the truth about his world around him. If they have phobias, Let's teach them not, oh, you silly thing, why would you believe that? No, let's just teach the truth of you are safe. You are, we're going to pull the covers up on your, as you go to sleep and you are safe. And, and we teach how you can input that kind of information in the, coming from the parents to the child. And so it's all about coaching the parents also about how to deal with each other. And Tom, do you want to you want to talk about that a little bit? The mom oh, and the dad. We've, we've, oh, got, we've got a really quick break coming up, but we'll okay. talk about that. Remember, after our next break, all right? We'll do. Okay.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. So, Tom, you were talking, you were picking up uh, after what Julie said about um, including the, par- the role that the parents play and how, how you've changed you know how you how you support families, right? Uh, just a, a little background um, during our homeschooling time, and this is very typical. I was making the commute into the big city, um, one and a half hours one way and one and a half hours the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Julie pretty much was doing the homeschooling. I would come home and um, do the math and science toward the as I got older. Um, but uh, she was here with with the children, and so I had a, a tremendous respect for her and and the work that she was doing uh, with uh, with with homeschooling the children. Um, and, and so, as a dad, my responsibility I saw was to give her the the, the resources that she needed to to do the job. Uh, we've we've had uh, moms and dads uh, come to us. Um, and, and one, uh, some have just said, we're not agreeing with 
what we see in our in our children. Um, the father thought the the mom was a little woo woo, yeah, and, just a little and... impulsive, and the and the dad had to analyze everything before making a decision. And so, and so, what we try to encourage is you both have something to bring to the children. You both have something mm-hmm. to bring to the family. Listen to each other, mm-hmm. and through our coaching process, we've we've sensed this. Uh, family really agreeing more and uh, being united um, in the raising of, of their children, which has been a tremendous blessing uh, mm. to be able to encourage differences as we raise our children, because our our, 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 our children need uh, need us and in the differences that that we we may have. So, well, like each child brings something different to the family, ah. each parent also. Let's not leave the parents out there also bringing. Um, qualities to the family grandparents too, too absolutely and grandparents exactly multi-generational living let's yes. bring it back bring it back you know we're yes. we're so fast we're so scattered well um i want you to tell us when your next class is because it's going to be about adhd we're going to be addressing these um that subject so tell us about that and where we can find it Okay, great. Well, it is called ADHD, Another Perspective, and this is a power empower, parent, excuse me, parent empowerment webinar. And so that's Thursday, March 13th at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. And so it's a webinar teleclass. And you can go to our website, www.marchforthfortfamily.com slash class. Or you can go to the website, and it's right there on the homepage. And you can find our ADHD class. All right. And um, uh, you're doing some conferences. Well, I'm, first off, I'm going to have those. all of your links are already linked probably on my pages. But you're going to be doing some classes, or not classes. You're going to be doing conferences, homeschool conferences that you're going to. Yes, we have one that we're going to, and we are supporting the National Center for Biblical Parenting who has named us their special needs specialist, and they wow. will have a table there. And that's the one in South Carolina, the Great Homeschool Convention. Is that the right. name of that one? Greenville, South Carolina. That is um, at the end of this month, March 20th and 21st, I think. Um, you can look up the Great Homeschool Convention and look in South Carolina for that one. Yeah, it's and in then, our events. It's on our events section of our webpage. There also. you go. Okay. And then okay. we also are doing a homeschool conference in uh, New Jersey in May, and that one we will actually be doing two uh, seminars, um, okay, wa- workshops, whatever they call them. Yeah, so we'll be yeah. doing, we'll have the opportunity to do that, and we'll also be there um, at the table with the National Center for Biblical Parenting. Fabulous. All right. Well, uh, I we've come to the end of our time. I've been talking to Julie and Tom Meekins, this remarkable couple have a heart, as you heard, for parents who are raising children with challenges. And we've been talking um, about ADHD. We've been talking about um, empowering parents and they have a parent empowerment webinar on ADHD from another perspective and their new March 4th parent support group that you have. You, you, 
to gear everything now more to the parents rather than the child because we're all part of the big family picture. Um, as they said, you can find them on their website, which are linked on both my Tokenet front page and my Sociable Homeschooler page. And you can catch up with them in person if you live either in South Carolina or New Jersey, New Jersey, and go on their website and that there'll be dates. Go see them. Go see them if you can. I'd love to do that. Um, in Walking the Talk, the two of them decided to dedicate their professional lives to helping families navigate the scary world of parenting. And you heard just a tip off the iceberg of what they do. So, Tom and Julie, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you both this afternoon. And I hope you have a lovely weekend with your family. And same to you. Vivian. Always a pleasure, Vivian. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Bye. Bye bye now. You know, talking about these, this multi-generational living, what they said about um, having a couple of special needs children in their family, Tom and Julie, their friends um, thought that they would send their children off to public school and not carry on homeschooling. And actually carrying on homeschooling was exactly what they needed and they were very blessed to be able to do that. If you take a look at a family like Tom and Julie's or like your own, a neighborhood or the world at large, all ages prevail. Surely, I'm telling you, if we're looking towards the healthy benefits of multi-generational living for our seniors, then my hope is that it will eventually make its way into the world of our youngsters and people can see the value of um, different ages working together. Last week, my guest, Katie Sullivan, and I talked about yoga, and I'm so happy we did because there are so many benefits that we don't even think about attributed to this discipline by medical doctors and ordinary people like you, me, and Katie. So don't be frightened of it. Detoxing the body, it relieves back pain headaches, UTIs, it tones your muscles, not to mention it has rejuvenating and calming effects. And over the years that I've been practicing, about three, my breathing's changed. It's become steadier. I used to suffer really badly from asthma and um, I don't anymore. And I can regulate it to be regular instead of a gasping struggle, even when I'm going uphill and I just want to pant when I'm out on my walk. Holding poses builds strength, not only physically, but mentally too. And on my mat, when I can work through a difficult series of poses, I show myself that when the same discipline is applied off my mat, I can also work through difficult jobs. Nothing lasts forever. Everything ends finally. And by focusing on the moment, I can promote a very healthy way to view my life and help me appreciate my day more. And an added bonus, time doesn't fly by so quickly when you're fully engaged because if you concentrate on the here and now and don't wonder you won't be left wondering where the minutes went because you can pretty much account for all of your minutes and I don't know if I've said this before but when I'm on my mat in the mornings I use it as prayer time for my children each one has a day as they did when we all lived at home my oldest day is Monday and so on through the week and on their day when they were children they would answer the phone first when their father called in at lunchtime they would collect the mail and they would take out the rubbish not a lot but it was a big deal for them Now I spend an hour in prayer for each child depending on his or her day. For me, this is a wonderful way to refresh my spirit and and send prayer to my children and energize my body too. And as I said, it was Ash Wednesday this week and the children all called me with a list of possible things to give up. 
there was a common denominator there too. It had to do with social media, and I'll be going into that in more detail later. Other options included giving up the odd glass of beer, not eating junk food, and no meat on Fridays. They all talked about adding something too, like keeping their car clean, extra devotion, stations of the cross. Well, at least they remembered the day, and Dort sent me a photo of her with ashes on her forehead and a comment that read, But dust. Because in Psalm 103 at Mass, we are reminded we are but dust. Verse 14. And the priest distributes the ashes with man, dust you were, and to dash you, dust you will return. When my blue-eyed cowboy and I returned home after our ashes later that evening, we kept them on to take a selfie-headed but dusts to send to Dorts, and she wrote back, Oh, wish you were in town and closer. Then she told me she was going out, so what would be the point of being in town and closer? <laughs> then she told me she was going out, so what would be the point of being in town and closer? She only feels that way the odd evening when she has nothing to do, or she needs us to talk to, or maybe she really does miss living with us. I don't know. Money looms way too much in my children's lives. For them, it's a curse that takes away from what they really want to be doing. For me, as I told my friend whose house we're able to use when we visit our children in town, I'm able to do exactly what I love because of my blue-eyed cowboy and the way we've designed our lives. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to write, read or walk. Not only has he provided financially, he also does things like make the bed so when I get out of the shower, the bedroom looks pristine. He prepares lunch, washes dishes, also makes dinner. I get hours and hours of uninterrupted own time. Thanks to him. And in case you're wondering, I do take my turn with the cooking and the laundry and the housework. But I don't have to. If I'm engrossed in an essay, he carries on instead. And it looks as though I have come to the end of another show for another week. Once again, I've astounded myself at the fleetingness of time. An hour simply drags in a dentist chair, doesn't it? And it's spring break for us, and we're moving furniture to Dallas, which means the storage unit will need some reorganizing. Hopefully, I'll stick my head out the door that day and find it to be balmy and clear. We're spending the week in town, which will be great. Hopefully, some children interaction, perhaps some movies. Thanks for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my producer Sabrina, and my guests this week, Julie and Tom Meekins, and you, my faithful listeners. Just stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Number six, twenty-four to twenty-six. Do 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 loop. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney.